Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie. What will end violence? Boys and the need for positive influence. And we have an update on the Monterey Massacre. That's what's coming up on the Neoliberal Round Podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay tuned. of anything better what will upend violence this episode is a break from academia to consider important issues in the news and a social problem and the personal concern i have with the state of our boys and growing up without positive and attractive influence in their lives we are losing them to gangs in talking about our boys I'm talking about our boys in Philadelphia who live in vulnerable black and brown communities who have inherited the cycle of operating within the underground economy and all that comes with that. Yet, they are not far from change for they embody the power of the yet. I share my passions and personal stories from anthropological experiences or experience while living in and learning about the life cycle of older adolescents transitioning to adulthood. In the episode, I discuss with Dante, co-producer, about how we can help and 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 a meeting and several journeys and and and, and several meetings and interviews and and accountants and sorry and encounters I've had with several different individuals young men between the ages of about 16 and probably 24. I talk more about that later on. There's a point that I missed earlier, which I need to go back to and follow up on. I was making a point earlier um, as it relates to the fact that um, as it relates to um, violence in black and brown communities in the UK and US stemming from relative deprivation. And um, I wanted to make the point from that saying that therefore we are everywhere influenced and affected by some amount of violence from colonization to emancipation and current aggressions and invasions in the world today. So how effective is violence a tool for change? And what is the solution 
to all this violence. Laws that attempt or laws that have attempted to limit gun access have been met with up strong opposition from powerful gun lobbyists and their supporters in the seat of government in the US and restrictive laws that limit access to guns in Jamaica have only created a burgeoning black market without any end to its levels of violence. In addition, video games, media and celebrities praise the gun, which continues to condition this affinity for guns and easy and easy retreat and easy retreat into violence. So the answer must lie with love, which expresses itself in sacrificial and constructive mechanisms. So does it not require an act of sacrifice? A character that seems to be outside of human nature given the fall. Because people cannot fathom any utopia or society of charity based on sacrifice and love while having a perfect competitive society leading to advances. Humanity cannot envision a society of equal human beings sharing their life with the other. For we have been so damaged by colonization and acts of terrorism and discrimination in every corner. Humans are suspicious of themselves and each other and each other and therefore lack any will or room for such progress. We pause here and when we come back, I will get into the discussion, this anthropological experience as it relates to boys in the hood and the need of positive male influence in their lives. We'll be right back after this. Now, the same amount of violence, just so you know, the same amount of violence, and I'm going to make this point because I'm going to be talking about violence as well. So, I asked the question, if, for, if, if the fallen can perceive, the fallen, the fallen mind can perceive of anything better, what will end violence? And I say, the same amount of violence that it takes to control people requires the same amount of force to push back against that violence. Such is the law of thermodynamics and physics. Yet, violence is the opium of the few and the privilege that continues its position. Violence from below is dismantled, taken to mean criminal, for that is what it is an attack against a status quo. And you know, I have to bring this up because we're going to be talking about violence and, I, and we're going to be talking about a very important issue as it relates to our young boys and the lack of fathers and positive influence. But there, there, is, there is a story in the news as it relates to the, Mon the Monterey killing. And, and not only some stabbing that happened in Georgia and something in Atlanta. And, and there's just rampant violence and killings we're hearing in the world. 
So just before, I want to, before I get into that story, I want to, uh, this, is, this issue of violence is important here. And we are going to get into this discussion because I say, I asked the question, um, vi- I, I, we said the same amount of violence that it takes to control people requires the same amount of force to push back against that violence. Whatever the violence, type of violence, such is the law of thermodynamics and physics. That is not a rule of thumb or necessarily a general principle everybody may be subscribed to because in today's society we may find wiggle we may find wiggle room around that with through tectonic means. Yet violence is the opium of the few and the privilege that continues its position. Again, violence is the opium of the few and the privilege that continues its position. Violence from below is dismantled, taken to mean criminal, for that is what it is, an attack against a status quo. So when is violence acceptable? When violence is used to stop oppression and discrimination or the invasion and penetration of the superpowers? But the world has become sophisticated Violence that disrupts leading to uprooting culture, edifices and nature is defeatist. For what good is that for the people who must live off that at the end? Something must remain. Then we are left with MLK and his diplomatic endeavors that only ceremonially leads to gifted freedoms and his demise, or Marcus Garvey back to Africa endeavors which devolved, which devolved into nepotism or the usual countervailance of the dominant force. MLK was assassinated and Marcus Garvey was jailed, deported, leading to his demise. The Archaeans, the Archaeans had looked to Achilles the warrior godman as the consummate hero through violence would vilify the Achaeans or the Achaeans, the Archaeans over the Trojans for their thievery. For those who read Iliad and are, and, and are familiar with the, the Iliad and the stories there, or the Jews, you, the Jews who look to the coming of a god in Jesus who will plunder all and restore the glory of Judah. Then picked up by the Greeks in their Judeo-Christianity of a Jesus Christ as the ultimate savior, but departed from the image of war and violence to one of sacrifice and love. Yet the church had their crusades, a violent religious war against another religious group for dominance and prominence. Today, Violence has intensified all over the globe so that even the US today, which represented a new free world with democracy and laws, had its US capital attacked by the same citizens who were opposing the decision of its brethren through violence led by their leaders, elites, using strategy and the usual jargon that enticed the base, led a coup which was an American experiment by extremists. Recently, and just today, the hearing of a 72-year-old Asian man 
who went into a dance studio and then a ball and later a ballroom studio in that same area in Monterey Park. Went but he went to a Monterey Park dance studio in LA. During the Asian Lunar New Year celebration, shot and killed ten people and injured ten. Of course, I mean, I understand only seven is seven is in the hospital. Three 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 persons have been stabilized and they have and were sent home. He later took his own life with his gun when police had engaged him. Jamaica is still considered a very violent country with one of the highest crime rates and there and there's been a spike in violence in black and brown communities in the UK and the US stemming from relative deprivation and if you visit my website thedailyball.com or you listen to a previous some previous uh, episodes I talk about relative deprivation and I talk about St. Louis and this issue of relative deprivation. Therefore, therefore, we are everywhere influenced and affected by some amount of violence. I've, I've read off all instances of all the acts of violence. There is no one that is free of guilt. There is nowhere where there is where where there is a clean hand a clean hand i mean i think the scripture says there is no one that righteous no not one we are everywhere influenced and affected by some amount of violence from colonization to emancipation and current aggressions and invasions in the world today like the one going on in in russia i mean in ukraine where russia is invading ukraine and justifying it as a world saving mission so how effective is violence a tool for change and what is the solution to all this violence The answer must lie with love. Um, you know, I was making the point just now that uh, a lot of young men, young men, young boys, teenage boys, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, they're not teenagers, but a lot of young men in Philadelphia come across they they it, it seems they don't have a lot of positive influence and figures in their life I mean every time I come across several young men over the last few weeks several they are their fathers are in in jail or their or their older brothers, like it's as if almost all the men in their lives is, all of them are locked up. And if they're not locked up, they're just not they're not around. They're not in their lives. You know, um, and and in retrospect, I did a podcast some time ago. What's life like living in Philadelphia? And one gentleman said. 
we need a fibers movement. And I mean, there's a lot of problem with Philadelphia, but there's a lot of problems in Philadelphia. But one of the problems that we find we have we face here is is crime and violence among young men and many of our young men out is is they they lack positive influence. The the only influence that makes sense to and that makes sense to them is music, rap music and Girls, bling, cannabis. I mean, I, I, and in there is no sense of God and conscience. I noticed that this is, if you know, I need to, if you, just ask. People within a particular, and within the in this community. From from the various generations all the way down. You find, as you go down from one generation to the next, there is the influence of the divine and this ultimate loses value. And it devolves into this decadent neo-capitalistic attitude or mentality that you know Weber talks about the spirit of capitalism the protestant ethic the kind of society we had in terms of but now I mean and I say to you it probably wasn't but now it's as if this uh, I say to people you know I mean as much as people want to excoriate or probably dismiss God from everything. There is value in in this. In faith, it really connects us to something deeper that is beyond ourselves and within ourselves, because it it helps us to appreciate the self and appreciate other selves as if those selves is part of that one self so you treat yourself as if and the other self as one this is deep here but I mean outside of that many of them are in gangs many of the young men I met over the last couple of weeks oh, they are in gangs And they are struggling to get the, to get their high school diplomas, or they have dropped out of school. There is no structure. They are heading home at three and four a.m. in the morning, on a Monday morning when there is school. Um, I. You know, the I we talk about parenting. 
and I think there is a I read an a doc I think I was watching a documentary in preparation of my course Caribbean Thought and the documentary talks about parenting in Jamaica, talking about how parenting um is defined by illegitimacy and so on and so forth which was a wrong analysis of the island when you come when you think about parenting and then Edith Clark and Rex Nettleford in the book My Mother Who Fathered Me try to find linkages that explains Jamaican and Caribbean organization social organization of the family in terms of its African past when as if its African past had the same kind of experience when that was not the case. They too had a sense of family. They too had a sense of a family that Europeans thought that no, they, that wasn't their family. The kind of family they have was was primitive and and that's the kind. But that's not true. They had the kind of family that the Europeans probably also had. Because and there are also some influence Christian influences in the Africans and they practice a kind of structure within the family setting that was not necessarily defined as concubinage and illegitimate. Yet there are those but 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 some Caribbean social scientists or sociologists such as um Edith Clark seem to be Drawing that analysis, look, looking at making those references in terms of parenting and what happens in parenting, but parenting is a sore issue. That's why the child, the per, I said to you, many of our young men they lack positive images and influences in their lives, and then when you look at TV and the video games, everything is about violence, and and then of course the American dream, and then you strive to achieve that American dream. At all costs, and but the, and then of course I say to you the six-year-old that killed the teacher, that shot. Well, I don't know. Did he kill? They shot and killed the teacher, or he shot me. I shot. Carried the, first of all, how does a six-year-old know how to um, shoot a gun? This is actual fact. This happened in right here in the U.S. I can't remember the story. I was listening to um, was it uh, Power ninety nine, Power ninety nine, or Power ninety eight point? You know that Power ninety eight, that early morning show. Okay, that early morning show. I was listening to it this morning, and it was news everywhere. Power ninety nine, whatever it is called, but um, it's in in Philadelphia here, and they alluded. They talked. Um, I think one of the commentators talked about this this six year old young man who, and of course, it it's it was, it, there's news about this, and I can't pull it up right now because I'm speaking from the top of my head. About some very important issues. But six-year-old, how he knows how to shoot a gun at six? And he, he, he how does he know to write notes, uh, a note threatening his teacher? He wrote a note threatening his teacher, how he's going to kill her, or whatever he's going to do to her. And I heard that he barricaded, six-year-old, barricaded um, the, the classrooms, preventing the, the, the students and the teacher from coming. From exiting the class, yeah, this young, this six-year-old boy, six, and then eventually got a gun and and, and killed his teacher, T uh, teacher, I think, I believe, yeah.
that this is i mean i'm telling you this parenting is yeah that's yep that's what's going on parenting is a sore issue i i think i i I did a previous episode talking about parenting um so i and i I think i'm gonna publish an article i'm I'm gonna uh, you'll see an article that that article in the neoliberal around in the neoliberal corporation the neoliberal journals or neoliberal blog so but i have several articles several articles and stories that I need to publish, and um, actually some more news coming out here. There's another news that you may have missed. The killing in um, the killing in that Asian town in Los Angeles. You may have missed it. I'm gonna. I mean, I want to make a comment on that. The, they they have found the um oh there's a press conference um Los Angeles County mass shooting in Monterey Park dance studio. Ten killed, ten injured. Um, the suspect, by the way, he committed suicide. A 72-year-old 70, Asian male. 72-year-old a- Asian male. Okay? Went into 72. the... Went, yes, 72-year-old Asian. Went into Monterey Park Dance Studio. Sh- okay? Shoot. And using a... Not a rifle. Not a rifle, which is... But a gun. A regular gun, pistol, which was also banned. That kind of pistol is also banned. But he, please remember, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to be he- having, he never used a heavy, a, a heavy weapon, a firearm. I mean, sorry, an AK-47. He, was, he didn't use an AK-47. But he still went into the dance studio, killing 10, injuring 10. They're trying to, they, they, no one knows of, they're not, they're still investigating the they're still investigating. I mean, they are, they are um, they're exploring motive now. But he killed himself. I mean, he, by the way, he escaped because he went, I, I believe he, they were celebrating the Chinese New Year's. The Chinese New Year's. Yes. And he, he, right, he actually left after shooting at, at the Monterey that he went to, to up the street or down the street to another um, um, club. And they disarmed him. They took the gun away from him, okay, and but he escaped, which I don't know. I don't know how a seventy-two-year-old man can escape. Probably he practices kung fu or something, <laughs> okay, which is a discri- I mean, I apologize. That's a discriminatory statement. That's politically incorrect. I should not have said that. Um, uh, I was trying to be funny here, but um, but probably that might be be a below the belt joke. So I take that back. That deserves the kind of slap that um. <laughs> the slap that what's his name who gave it the slap will smith slapped um who did he slap chris rock because because he said an inappropriate joke and i and used i mean using using his wife and i may have done so so probably i deserve a slap right here for using that but that's more news coming out today 72 year old now now we talk about killing i mean there's been so much killings in the u.s mass killings i mean it's just every month every month there is mass killing or is this or and then or in neighbor black and brown neighborhoods there is killings there is this just high amount there's just violence everywhere of course i am teaching caribbean thought and i i talk about violence and solutions to violence in 
I ask about violence in the class and I talk and I actually talk about violence in a very unique way that um, I will discuss it later on, the issue of violence and how we can deal with the problem of violence. All type of violence. And of course people would think that oh we, we will never we will never be able to deal with violence. And I say, well there's good violence and there's bad violence. Okay? The violence where if you if the victimized need to remove the hand of the oppressor. But then there are those who feel as though they're victimized and they're not being victimized and use violence as a way. So this is quite interesting. And so I end up by saying, you know what? We just need love. <laughs> the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated. Jesus, being God, sat, according to Christianity, sacrificed himself, his deity, which was an act of love. An act of love requires sacrifice. Are we willing to sacrifice? That's the thing. It is as if it is outside of human nature. But can I tell you, it is within new human nature. Sacrifice is within. But guess what? We are so conditioned by colonization to think in a particular way. To think as though, oh, there's no you. We will never be able to achieve utopian society. We will never be able to love in the way that you want us to love unconditionally. We'll never be able to love and, and provide. Okay, but guess what? That is the kind of mind that is facilitated within a society that has conditioned it to think in those ways. <laughs> okay? When you look throughout history of time, we talk about the fall of man. And so man is now trying to get back to that. But even within religions of the world, there is this kind of privilege. We are unwilling to sacrifice and to give up all, anything or to budge in order to include and to involve the other. When that is the ultimate sacrifice. That, sorry, that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate of all things. That is the miracle. That's what God wants of all of humanity. That is the essence of all things. And when I said, what is the ultimate of all things? That we become one with reality in all of it. I mean, to become one is a recognition of the self in terms of the other, which involves the golden rule. Do unto others as much as you want others to do unto you. But that sense is gone. People don't listen to deep esoteric things of charity. Those things are boring. <laughs> they watch housewives of LA or whatever it's called that no that promote violence and dysfunction and then you look in homes and and you look even in my own life <laughs> and in my own family there's some kind of reality TV living out itself it's amazing seeing other people's lives and how how they are living you know it makes you think like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, on, on certain circumstances, you know, like, would I do that? Or, or, or how can I play this? Or, ooh, like, that's a nice outfit or this and that, you know, or like conversation-wise, like, you can still grab, grab, you know, some things from it. Yes, this is... But, you know, I my heart really went, I mean, you know, that young man that I met today, earlier today on my course of business working I had a powerful conversation 
it was a group of them and then and then one young man young man remained in the vehicle and I spoke with him as I traveled and it was just powerful he's Jamaican powerful first generation but he lacks and you know what and I said I want to take this young man under my wing I want to young he's 18 but I I just I just felt we need more mentors they used to have a mentorship program, a big brother, big sister program, but I don't know what I, I, you know, but still there is a, still a deep need for that. But you know what? People are busy trying to make ends meet. They cannot be the big brother or the big sister in their neighborhood. When in order, but when we need, that's what many of our young men need. Positive role models. To invest in their lives encourage them to motivate them to provide advice when their own fathers aren't around not to take advantage but to put really to if if we have an essence of things and where we want in life you know what you know it's it's then there is this purity and that one act or move from or operate in which many people may adjudicate as something else because of the selfishness that people in their own lives that they project onto others as a way of I don't know Sigmund Freud you can read Sigmund Freud but he talks about defense mechanisms and so on and so forth but these young men they need positive role models in their lives you know, I asked him, um, what is it that he want to do? He said he wanted to be an engineer. I said, you know, you have to study. That's a lot of math, a lot of physics. <laughs> and he's like, wow, really? <laughs> he said, okay, wow. I said, yep, you have to apply yourself to those things. So you see, it begins with that kind. What you want to do? And then let them understand what it takes. People never probably really sit down and talk to them about what it's going to take. Are you really, are you up to that? Is that something that you have? And then also explore what other skills do you have? Talk about what's going on in society. I said social media. The twenty first century is about social media, digital technology. What about developing skills like that and so on and so forth? You have somebody who can teach and help you. And then I spoke with him about resource based sentencing and supervision. I said, "Where's your dad? His dad is in jail." I said. Okay, probably he's locked up for life. I said, fine, but um, um, do you know that they are changing the, the rules now, sentencing rules? So now they are, people are now, to, and I did interview um, uh, the Honorable Stephanie M. Sawyer, and, Steph, and I was at the launch at the Sentencing Foundation, um, their web launch, and I spoke with several judge, judges and, I, and, and professionals in the field and so on, and, and, for, and people who are, who, who are serving lifetime parole. People who are serving life, like, like, and I, you can check the pod, um, previous episodes on the podcast, my YouTube feed, so on and so forth. I need to write some articles and publish in the neoliberal. But these, I said to him that um, pe- these, pe- they are now changing the rules. He said, no, maybe your father could, maybe could have a chance of coming out if, because now they are, now re- they're changing the sentencing rules and now they are, so, now they're talking about, lifetime parole 
Instead of, instead of spending all that time in jail, in prison, on life, you spend the rest of that you can, if based on your behavior and so on and so forth, then and their resource, they can, he can maybe released and they, and he can be placed in lifetime parole like what they're doing now, and providing them with re, with resource based sentencing and and supervision, providing them with resources and jobs and opportunities and so on and so forth, and many of these men. So and I met several um uh pe- um parolees life for people serving lifetime parole. I've met several of them. I've worked with some of them. I've met them. I've spoken with them. Interviewed them. Rub shoulders. Part of my, you know, as I, as I, as I journey, and explore and study life, and come to understand things. And I said, probably that's something you could consider. And I said, you know, we'll talk about this some more because probably I could point you in that direction. Maybe that's something you could talk to the next time you talk to your dad. You could talk to him about it. You know. But, you know, this is, I mean, and I brought this story to show, this is about some of the things that we can do as men in our community with our young boys. They want somebody to talk to. And I gave him my, my, my the, 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 the podcast. You might hear me talking about him right now, the podcast. Give him a copy of the, um, of the, um, you know, part. and I guess what, I'm not going to judge him. I don't care what he does with his life and how he's doing it. I want to provide an example of something else. And then as he goes on through his life, as he grows, then he can say, you know what? Let me make up my mind about whether I want to continue this way or go the other way. That's, you know, and that's sometimes, that's the problem in terms of how we approach young people in terms of trying, we try to change them. Or we try, we judge them. But no, we, we, what we do is we try to provide another example. So that, and I never, not wanted I say, and I never, I'm not going to share anything else about him, but I never said anything about him. I mean, I not wanted I chide him. I just talked about what I did and I provided some advice and resources and 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 we connect and said and this is how we can connect with each other and so on. And he said it was powerful. And he and then we got to keep we got to keep the link. I said yes, definitely. He's a first generation Jamaican, which, and he, uh, he American, sorry, first generation American in his family. I mean, he's a first generation American. Did that? Well, we, you know what? You know, I don't, I, I don't believe in labeling. I don't believe in labeling, but there is this idea of this first generation. Who is the first generation American? When we talk about first generation, first generation American, or first generation Jamaican, in other words, in other words, the, he's, he's a first-generation Jamaican. It means he's the first born in... He, he was born here, but his parents are from Jamaica. But then his his child will become a second-generation Jamaican. I mean, living in the U.S. Or an American, from, of Jamaican descent in that sense. We're talking about link, lines of connection, how they're connected from generation to generation. So he will be the first. His, will be the first generation. The first of his... First line, you know, okay, so it's mean that his, both his parents are originally from Jamaica, and okay, but he was born here, so then he okay. becomes he's the first generation, yes, um, in his line, yeah, in that sense, okay. But this is what, so, but I hope that I think this is what we need in society positive people in empowering young men, they need it, they need it, 
So from your line, who was the first to hit? I am not no first. I am not a first anything. No, I'm saying from your thing. Who came here first? You just like right me. No, uh uh-uh. uh, there is no first generation here. I mean, uh uh-uh, uh, no. I don't know. The first generation, I don't have a first generation. I'm not first generation. I'm, I'm like his parents. I came here from Jamaica. So if I have a child, then my child will be first generation. First of my line. And to be, to, to be a, okay. In terms of, so it, that only means it's talk. That speaks to your, well, that speaks to your connection. How your, how the length of your connection is like first cousin, second cousins talking about your life in terms of the, your proximity, the level, the strength of your connection to something. Say like, say for example, you know, we are brothers, and then you, and then, and then I have cousins. So in terms of in relation to our grandfather, okay, then it would be if I'm if I share if we are both brothers, then my child will, our children will call each other cousins. It speaks to proximity, and you have second cousins and third cousins, yes. or first, okay, you have. Mother, grandmother, it speaks to proximity, the line of connection. So the first generation, second generation also speaks to how your con- how the, the length and the strength of your connection, your line to the original. Okay, so I would be the original, but I don't, my, my, my parents were born in Jamaica, so I'm, okay? So that's, that, I, ho- I don't know if I'm explaining this. This is quite... Uh, this is quite an interesting concept, which I probably should include in my Caribbean thought class. Um, there's also the issue of, um, there's one more, uh, there's, there's one other issue happening um, in terms of Biden. By, sorry, the tax season has begun. And I believe that as of today, people, Americans can officially start filing their individual income taxes. The income tax returns for 2022 as of today okay as of today americans can now file their start filing their taxes that's the first thing and just so you know i understand from wha earlier this morning i was watching and reading some newspapers and so on and so forth several articles and commentators that said and i'm reading and from tax experts i hope to have john i actually reached out to john cash because i want to talk to him about the tax He's the president of AI Tax. I want to talk with him about the tax, um, tax season and the fact this news that um, filers are now going to get less on their tax returns because of because of COVID, the COVID pandemic. That because the because um, the federal government or the, the government had to use a lot of federal money to sp- or tax return tax money to spend on COVID and vaccinations and so on and so forth. Um, they will see some kind of reduction in their tax. People will see reduction in their tax returns. Um, but um, that's what I'm hearing. But we can follow up on that. Um, this is the Nearly Go Around podcast. We are talking about just some general themes and news. But more so, I wanted to lift up this this experience I had with some young men today, which is quite anthropological. And, you know, I was... I was studying them. I noticed they all they have there's this new thing now, this, this the fashion, this um, black pants and black hoodie and black ski mask and black covering. I mean there is this black this suspicious but it's the thing now. The, this this it's like 
being yeah this the, the incognito look is the thing now <laughs> that that is the thing everybody wants to look like that's the fashion now that's actually how the boys are looking now just so you know you know that you know the black sweats and the black hoodie and the and um and the ski the black ski mask and you only see their eyes that's <laughs> they are, what's up with that so it's the, yeah and they i mean and they love it they are enjoy they never had any they never had a problem with the mandate you know that's what i'm talking about it it's all about perspective what they never allowed the mandate to disrupt their lives okay they never allowed it, what they okay to control them they said okay we're going to show you how we are going to control you you think you're controlling us so they took the mandate and turned it into fashion i mean i mean sorry the mandate to wear masks you know, I'm saying, oh, you think you're going to control us with mandates? So what they do, they turn it around on its turn the thing. They call this the that's the judo technique of of argumentation. It's a technique I I learned while reading this book mm. by James um, Evangelism Explosion. The church in Florida is studied Evangelism Explosion and so on, and they talk about the judo technique of turning an argument on its head with with that uh, that 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 argument from uh, Evangelism Explosion talks about this. How one experiences salvation through Calvinism um, was developed through through a philosophical method of 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 of, of arguing, of rhetoric, and and, and debate and philosophy. It's the judo technique, turning the thing on its head, the force of allowing the force of something to pull you down, okay. And when the weight of it, when you have to reach a particular pressure point, then you release, and that thing crumbles on its head. So that's what my probably that's what's happening. Quite interesting. <laughs> this is the Neoliberal Podcast. We'll be right back. Um, that's going to be part of a lecture that I will give. Friday, and um, if uh, if I cannot continue with the, with this particular lecture presentation, we'll go on to the next, the following week. It promises to be deep. This is the Neoliberal Run Podcast, brought to you by the Neoliberal Corporation. Visit us at www.theneoliberal.com, and you can also support us by going to anchor.fm/theneoliberal/support. You can visit me on ResearchGate. Or on academia.edu by going to Ronaldo McKenzie or Ronaldo C. McKenzie. Follow us on Twitter at the Neoliberal Co. or Ronaldo McKenzie. And also on LinkedIn. And we are, I think we are also, on, and we, are, we are everywhere on Facebook, Reddit, so on and so forth. Please support us and follow us. Subscribe to all our feeds and let us know how we're doing. Share all our stuff with your friends. And please invest in us. What?